Welcome to the Whistle Mission Outdoors Podcast. I am Jim. I'm Pat. And we are a podcast dedicated to the outdoors for the states of Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana. If your state borders Lake Michigan, this podcast is for you. We cover anything outdoors, especially hunting, fishing, mountain biking, conservation, any issues you got concerning the outdoors. And remember, if you can hear this podcast, that means you can be on it. Email us at whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome and enjoy the show. Well, we can start this up whenever you want. Yeah, go for it. Tell me about your week. Oh, I keep forgetting we don't do like an intro. Oh, I did. Uh, I got uh, sick over the week. Um, nice. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, I also, uh, you know, just like digestive stuff. But uh, I also um, had some, you know, plumbing stuff. But I mean, that's nothing outdoorsy. But, yeah. you know, it was a uh, crappy week. No pun intended. <laughs> pun intended. I mean, uh, I get it. Ah. Uh, Ah, I see. But well, I did. Well you'd be proud of me. I smoked a pork shoulder and a. Um, this was on Sunday. I smoked a pork shoulder and a poor man's brisket. How'd it turn out? The I you know gave it to Kate for dinner and she's like it's dry. But I was like, this is amazing. You know, was it good? you liked it. I I loved it. She I, I don't think she's too big of a fan of smoking stuff. So yeah, it's it's different. You know, when you first get into it. Uh, Especially like the quality of food. Sometimes like you're not used to how good it is. Oh no. Yeah. Like I, I mean I had the stuff that you know, that pork shoulder was six pounds. Yep. It took me through the whole week and and, and I was still having like two big of servings because I just had to I had to eat it by you know yep. by the time it goes bad. That's the thing. I'll do one and I just give it away. I just I do it and I'm like, hey, you want some pork just shoulder? Just for the honing the skill part of it. Yeah. Um but what about you guys? You had a little project in the shed there. So I did I made my own paper tuning station because I got sick of waiting on people to get out of my way at the archery club. So made my own. Nice. Uh Bushlight Billy just helped me. Uh it, it actually wasn't that far off, right, Bill? No, I, mean, I thought it was dead nuts. It's uh like I mean like the first shot. It wasn't I thought it was gonna be nasty. You should oh, see yeah. every now and then you put all this stuff together and you shoot, you have a tear like this long. Wow. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Pat? Yeah, How oh, someone yeah. Pat, mine was uh so you, you got the fletchings. And the fuel point was about, I mean, a half inch sounds like a lot, right? Maybe about a half inch above that. Maybe, yeah. About a half inch above the fletchings, and that was so it. So that would be what? That would be a knock low type situation. Right. So I, I lowered the rest. <coughs> Excuse me. I lowered the rest. Yep. Bingo. And then uh, had I did it twice, little segments at each time, and then bam, you know, put perfect bullet hole through the paper. For the record, Pat, when he says that I helped... I, I stood there and I played with the dogs. He pulled an arrow out of the target for me, though. I did. I did oh, that. Well, that's once, nice. Yeah. That was nice of you. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about making because I'm also making a shed right now. Um, not that you were making a shed, but I'm making a shed to kind of have this kind of stuff as well. But I'm gonna think I'm gonna make like a big uh, archery target with you know those ones that you could buy. They're black. I forget the name of them, but uh, they're like stacked pieces of foam. No, like the dice ones. Yeah, yeah, they kind of look like dice. Okay. But uh, I'm thinking about making a thing with four of those stacked on each other. Oh, okay. So it's like, you know, a, a bigger target. But because, like, those things move around a lot when you shoot them, they like fall backwards and, you know. So uh, after that, Bill's like, because I'm going to start switching my lane. So, like, on a property line, you know, by the double gate. Yeah. And then the lane, I only got like this far between the shed and all the way to the corner of the lot. Yeah. So we scoped it out from the gate. Little inside the gate, actually, I can shoot 40 yards. So I could do my 20, 30, 40 in the backyard. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. The, the very tip-top max I can get in mine is 30. Yeah, so. that's what I was shooting. And then now but I'm going to move the lane. And, uh, yeah, so I'll be able to go up to 40 yards. 
But that's, then I went that's out. Pretty awesome. I have. I'm taking a guy. I'm supposed to take a guy out tomorrow. We'll see with the rain and all that. But I went out to Hickory Creek. Got a couple of bass on poppers on the fly rod. So they did move up in the creek. Both uh, little one pounders. You know. Yeah. A good little still, fight. You know. Yeah. You're becoming a real good efficient guide. You know that. What's that? Said you're becoming a good efficient guy. Hey, scouting, it, scouting right before taking yeah, the customer out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you're, you know. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to go out there and be like, yeah, I haven't been out here in a couple of weeks because I really yeah. haven't. The weather's been terrible, and it's like I haven't been going out. I, the one thing last night, I was looking at the water, and it was perfect. It was crystal clear. It was like down. I like I, I almost messaged the guy, hey, do you want to go tonight instead? And I think I can't do that. I can't. It's not like a buddy, you know. Right. I can't just like say, Bill, get your shit together. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but uh. So I went out. I'm, I don't even know if we're going to make it out. I got to watch and I already messaged him. So we got to keep an eye on the weather. Um, yeah. Yeah. On and off rain for the rest of the day. Yeah. I don't know. They, they were predicting some huge totals. I don't know if it ever changed. And so we got to wait and see. The water did get dirty. Like I was telling Bill, Pat, uh, the water, the water like, didn't broken. rise, but it got dirty from the rain this morning. Yeah. A lot of washing. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Like knee deep. That, that creek is usually crystal clear. You know, the only dirt in there is what you're kicking up. But just standing there knee deep, you couldn't see your foot. I mean, it was that that dirty, you know? Yeah. But other than that, uh, I'm trying to think. We went to Houston this week. We got back from Houston after a few days. Cal, I think Cal's going to do that for Kelsey's Corner because like, she wants to review the cities that we visit and stuff. So Houston? Yeah. It was uh, not impressed, but well, I like Cal get into that. I don't want to burn that one up. You know, when, I mean, when it comes to, like, different cities, first, you know, everybody's like, well, no, that city's, like, way different. But, like, it's all just buildings, right? Pretty much. The downtown area is just skyscrapers. That's skyscrapers all in one ways. So know. I was thinking about Indianapolis, and I'm, I'm not ragging on you, Indiana people, but um, Indiana, Indianapolis is the largest city not near a body of water. Did you know that? No, I didn't. No. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. That's bigger than, I mean. But New York, body of water. Los Angeles, body of water. Chicago. Like, Lake I would Michigan. think Denver, even. You I know, was thinking, like, like, yeah, I was thinking Denver or uh, Dallas or. I mean, Indy's big. You know, I've never been there, so I really don't know. I don't have any Paducah, Kentucky. Yeah, Paducah, Kentucky. But it's like if you're trying to if you're trying to get into like uh, Carlisle, Illinois. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. What about uh, what about Champaign? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Matt Toon. Matt Toon. Hey, what could we name the city to make it sound like it's actually something nice? Um, beer? No, no, that's not nice. Scotch? Champagne. Champagne. Oh. Champagne. Oh. I imagine that has something sort of French. They probably tried right? to spell it the same way too, but couldn't couldn't remember yeah, how. Like C H. Speaking of which, I have a little bit of a hint for Jim. Actually, came up with this idea, but we have come up with an intro. If, not unless you already told him. I I mean him discussed it a little bit, a little bit. But so I have, I'm w- working up the beat right now. But I, I've, it takes a little bit more than that. But uh, your intro song for Bush Light Billies is. Uh, I almost gave it away right there. But anyway, it has to do with a symptom of the flu. Puking? Puking? Yeah. Fucking wish like Billy's. Shit in your pants? <laughs> Cat scratch, puking. No. Oh. Yeah. I gotcha. Fever. Oh, uh, I do have one thing. So our biggest critic, Brad, called me yesterday. Bill was actually sitting there for the whole conversation, which you can imagine was not fast. It was like a two-beer conversation. Yeah, right. It really was, Pat. I, I think I did drink two beers during that. Anyway, the one thing he said, we forgot a big thing from a tick bite last week that we should have brought up. Not that it's common. So after, at, I think he was a little confused on where it could happen. Um, this is called alpha-gal syndrome. You've heard of it. I'm sure you've heard of yeah, it. Yeah, I actually have heard of it. I just didn't connect the so dots. So alpha, alpha-gal, just like it sounds, alpha-gal, gal 
is you can get it from Lone Ticks. It's uh, you ever heard of? A, or I'm sorry, Lone Star Lone, Tick. Yeah, I was about to say Lone Star Tick. So they say mostly the Lone Star Tick is in the southeastern U.S., but they're saying with migrating animals that it, it can make it. It should still be on your uh, uh, radar for it. But pretty much what it is is you develop a allergic reaction to red meat. Ooh, I, yeah. And okay, so uh, I I had heard about this, and I, I I like I guess you can get better. Right. But like, I, maybe you can't, is it something where you can't digest it as well? Or, uh, let me see. Is, or like a taste bad to you, but I, I definitely have heard about this in detail and, oh man, we should have definitely symptoms, said that. symptoms, uh, hives, itching, swelling of lips, face, wheezing, shortness of breath, runny nose, sneezing, headaches, a severe, potentially deadly allergic reaction that restricts breathing anaphylaxis. That's amazing to me. Like just doesn't make sense you know but uh somebody uh i did hear this going away on somebody how long does here's just a symptoms of alpha gal syndrome may lessen or even disappear over time if you don't get any more bites from ticks that carry alpha gal so it i guess it can go away but i guess the allergic reaction to it can be bad enough to kill you yes kind of like a bee sting almost i just i start thinking about the people who like did the Western frontier and like, you know, the people that pushed past the third, the first 13 colonies. It's like, what did they do? You know? Right. Uh, well, also I'm going to say, I'm going to go out. I, I could pretty much tell you what they did. And that is most of the things we have here today are pretty much were brought here. There's most of, there's a lot of things in this country that were not here 300 years ago. I mean, just for instance, those flocks of birds we were talking about that was brought over uh, there's lots of plants and invasive species brought over all because and it's not even like they brought it over to plant it. It's like it just followed them on their clothes or whatever and seeds fell. And so there might not have been a tick three, four hundred years ago. That was a Lone Star tick. A book that I'm reading right now, they mentioned how just how bad the ticks were and that the ticks were so insanely bad that it was hard to, to like not think about them constantly. What book are you reading right now? It's a Daniel Boone book. Oh, OK. The one uh, the one I do want to tell everybody. Um, I just started was the new Cameron Haynes book Endure. So I'm sure most people that bow hunt know who Cameron Haynes is, but let's say you don't. I was telling Kel about him because I thought she'd be inspired, but she didn't seem to care too much. But Cameron Haynes, in order to get re- ready for uh, uh, bow hunting, he uh, he does these 200-mile uh, runs, races. Yeah, oh, man. You I think a marathon's a big deal. Like he said in the one podcast, he ran for 78 hours. I can't even run to the bathroom. <laughs> but man he started running and he ran for 78 hours and he covered 200 miles on his feet to practice he runs a marathon a day with no socks on he still wears shoes but no socks because he wants to toughen his feet up so he lets him get all blistered up in his shoe as he's running 26 miles every day to get ready for these but his main reason why he does this is so he's effective at bow hunting because he does some crazy backward stuff. Anyway, the book's that's, called Endure. That's awesome. And that's, it's kind of like an insight to his like mind and like the way he, why he does things and the way he does things. Well, I mean, it's kind of like that Forrest Gump thing. I, I ran to the end of the road and I thought, why not run to the end of the driveway? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I would run a marathon a day if I could have the time. I just don't have the time. Yeah, to. I mean, you think about <laughs> a, a good time is four hours. Yeah. I mean, legitimately, all jokes aside, like, uh, you know, I could see people saying, uh, I don't have time to run a marathon. And I, I get it. You know, you, everybody's got a half hour to spend working out at some point. But I mean, when you're spending, but he doesn't do it all in a row. So he says he gets up at like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, runs however many miles he can, 15, 20 miles, and then makes it to work. And then he runs a little bit on lunch. And then if he has to finish up after work, 
he uh, he'll finish after work and then go lift weights and shoot his bow every day. Wow. Anyway, this book's an inside insight to his mind, and uh, he's just one of my he's just one of my outdoor heroes. Everybody's got their fishing heroes, and he's just my he's my bow hunting guy. He was quietly know? becoming my bow hunting guy. You know what I mean? I just think he's a he's a quiet badass, Bill. He's like you. He's got the same just level headed. You know, he's uh real polite. You know, hmm. and uh, he's just a cool dude to listen to. Yeah. You know, I just like the the level of concentration, and it, it's kind of like if you were golfing and somebody was screaming in your face. More in like a mental way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when you're trying to take that tough shot with the bow. It's like there's no repetition. He hit They're a balloon. Like at, he hit a balloon at 247 yards with his bow. He shoots 90. My bow's a 60. He shoots a 90-pound bow. Custom made. You know, all this stuff. And uh, yeah, the guy's nuts. He's just, but I was really excited when I heard his book. It's not like it's his fancy literature writing. It's not like, right. oh, he's a wordsmith. Right. But it's a good story so far. Dude you know? Perfect did it at 550. All you need is enough tries. Uh, John Dudley did that first. Uh, John Dudley built their bow. He's got a John Dudley. Oh, got with a video. the dude perfect bow. Yeah, yeah. He, he shot a trailer. You know, he's put it up in the air and shot a trailer with it. That was back when Dude Perfect did like cool outdoor stuff. Now they're like, you know, for teeny bopper boys. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything last thing. So real quick, I just want to go back to Alpha Gal. So that is something. If if all of a sudden you, you just can't figure out what's going on with you, it could be Alpha Gal. Chances are not, but it is a possibility, especially the further south you are in our area, and you got a better chance. Well, I know I'm good because I still love red meat. And uh, if you visit a place, you know, let's say you're just on vacation in North Carolina or South Carolina or something, it, it, you can get it there. So I get just, that, and I'd probably starve. I love and, cheeseburgers too much. I know, right? I, I think I would just like no. let, I'd let, I'd just let the anaphylaxis take over. Yeah. Screw it, this burger's good. Can't breathe, but I can taste. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Anyway, I, th- I think we should move into the news. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think we should. Did you co- did you cover your week? Yeah, Bill. What did you do, Bill? I uh, went to work. Um, got up real early every day and uh, slid down the back of a dinosaur and pedaled yep. your way home. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I replaced the battery in my lawnmower, so my lawnmower good, works now. Oh, good. So. Good. That, that, that was, was good. that was the excitement for my week. You fixed your lawnmower? Yeah, it, it had a dead battery. So. Uh, oh wow! That yep. t- took some brain cells. Yep. Went to uh, Farm and Barn and got a new battery. Put a new battery in, and now it works. Farm so, and Barn. Yeah, Farm, Farm and, and Barn. Oh, <laughs> just like Wally World. Arm and feet. Yeah, and you had to break the bank for thirty-five bucks, right? Thirty-five bucks for yeah. a lawnmower. I, they're all, they're all the same price and they're all the same crap battery. You get about it if you get two years out of them, you're lucky. Yeah. They do make two different amperages for them, so you have to watch that. But if you uh, if you unplug the negative at the end of the season, and you'll be all right. You know, I take my negative off every year. Yeah. So. I'll probably just bring it inside so it doesn't go through the cold, warm cycle. Yeah. I did that once. And I'm like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> it's pain. Anyway, let's go into the news. I'm going to start with uh, Illinois. All right. This is kind of a huge article. That's why I want to start and kind of give you the rundown of... Uh, this is kind of a Biden thing, and I'm sure if anybody hasn't guessed, I'm not the biggest fan of Biden and his regime. But no. this was a you couldn't tell, huh? Uh, this is that this goes into that thirty by thirty thing. So they want to conserve thirty percent of the land by twenty thirty, and this is all for greenhouse gases. The one I, I thought it was funny that uh, they use this real quick example that uh, they conserved this three hundred twenty acre farm in Illinois. And they were so proud of it. Two and a half million dollar purchase financed through a combination of grants and a 1.2 million loan. 
Yada, yada. Sounds great. 323 acres. This represents three of 1,000% of what they need to do in the next seven years. Uh, eight years, sorry. Um, this goes into talking about all the different ideas of what the 30 by 30 means and where's Illinois at. So according to statistics provided by task force, about approximately 4% of Illinois, or roughly 1.2 million acres, is formally protected. Compared with the U.S. average of 13%. So th- think about how low I just said, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we feel those repercussions around Four, here. So, but you think of all the, you think of all the public ground we've hunted this last fall, 4% of this state is, is government owned, yeah. you know, but they're saying that on average, uh, 13%, put, put another way, another, put another way, 96% of the state is privately owned. Now is that 13% usually per state? Yeah. Okay. Per state. So granted, you know, obviously 13% of Connecticut is way different than 13% of Wyoming. There was a doorbell. Yeah. We had to pause real quick. Dan Brat just walked in. Yes, sir. Hi, and, Dan. Uh, welcome back, Dan. Now we get Dan's uh, super astute podcast voice. We were just talking about the uh, president you elected for these last four years, you know? <laughs> the, yeah, about uh, that. <laughs> the 30 by 30 thing. Uh, we, it, this was interesting for Illinois. We were just recovering that 4% of Illinois is owned by the government, but 96% of it is privately owned. And it, they got it, their, their goal is to get to 30%. What? There was different examples. Yeah, all across, uh, Biden wanted it. Uh, that was like the thing he said out there. Cities, towns, and suburbs could contribute by exploring ways to make their existing open and green spaces even friendlier for wildlife. Farmers can be skeptical. Skeptical. Farmers can be skeptical of what can be perceived as land grabs. That's the one thing that they were saying is farmers are not going to go for this because they're going to they're waiting for like laws to come out. And so they could be like, we're taking your farmland. You know, I don't know if you guys have been watching Yellowstone or not, but uh, that's kind of like the same thing there. So this is like a land grab for like farming land, not like anything parks or. So in the beginning of this article, they they were like, ah, we bought 323 acres up in McHenry. And they're like, this represents one, one, one 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 thousandth of a percent. Is that what I said? One one thousandth of a percent of what they need to, Mm -hmm. you know, like right now they said they have, uh, it's. One point, nope, nope. Three one thousandth of a percent of the Three one thousandth of a percent. Uh, I thought it said actually how many acres I needed. Maybe Seems like not. a dangerous idea, the government owning. 30% um, of the 30% land. 30% of the land and controlling farmland. And- it does say on the, on the grand scheme of things, though, we, uh, Illinois is low compared to everybody else. Ours, the average is 14% or 13% of land is owned. We own, in Illinois, it's four. So, you know, they got, and there's just a... Uh, other states are just better set up for it. What are you going to own in Illinois? Flat farm ground, you know? Uh, the one upside is maybe it'll prevent them from building 500,000 squ- 500, square foot warehouses that just sit for lease. Well, look at what they want to do at North Point, yeah. for instance. You know, North Point is this giant thing the size of Chicago, trucks rolling in and out, they're bulldozing this and kicking all the animals out. and it, it, They're already building. Then It's not just that. Did you see the Hobalt extension they put in? No. So they built like a whole nother highway. You get off of uh, I-80 South on Hobalt. Remember how it was always a dead end right by the casino? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. can now see the road. They cleared all the trees and the road going back wow. to the future North Point. In my mind, I always pronounce that Hoboat. Yeah, it all depends who you talk to. There was, a, there was one thing I wanted to talk about. You know how you pronounce stuff in your mind when you don't really understand. Never mind. <laughs> I know what you're saying. 
I'm trying to find the spot where it says that they use that you actually use the ground and the soil and the trees as acts as a sink for O2 or uh, CO emissions. They they get out. It's, it pretty much with the more ground you have, the more of a filter it is for everything. But I don't see why that wouldn't be the case with farm ground. That was the one point I was gonna make. Is okay. It might not be owned by the it might not be owned by the government, but it's by owned by somebody and it's plants growing. So why wouldn't it still work? Is that? But anyway, this is just an update. This is huge, huge article. I'll put it up on the website, but this is about the, oh, this is from WTTW. The article is 4% of Illinois land is protected. The goal is to conserve 30 by 2030. How? Oh, so this is more a conserve conservation. Yeah. Okay, not not the government trying to control farmland and. Oh, no, this is, they're trying to figure out a way that, the, that we can afford to move to 30% ownership by government. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like state parks and. Got it. Okay. But yeah. it does kind of scare you in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, because. We all know when government has more control, that's a bad thing. Well, we have a perfectly neutral political opinion here on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. We so, better switch subjects. Um, anywho, uh, you should be getting uh, an email. Uh, what say are you moving to? I might have. I put oh, yeah. 45. Yeah. It's 45, right? Yeah. Which state are you moving to? Um, I'm going to Michigan. Michigan? Michigan. Up north? N-O-R-T. Up north. All right, go ahead. All right, so have you been catching discolored walleye in uh, Lake Huron? Uh, this one is... I have not. Thanks for asking. <laughs> but uh, this one, I've please uh, I forgive me if I butcher this name, but Augress? Is that how you would say that? Uh, well, I don't know where I'm looking here. Uh, right at the top of the article. Oh, yeah, probably... Uh... Yeah, agris, agress. Yeah, it's definitely, it's got a French thing to it. Anywho, uh, some people are getting alarmed. They are catching a discolored walleye, and it doesn't look discolored on the outside, but on the inside, it's got a very sandy and grainy, like, texture to the meat. And they say this is like, a, they call it like sandy flesh disease or something like that. Those yeah. look nasty. Yeah, I wouldn't eat that. Yeah, and I wouldn't even keep that. Yeah. I'd be going on the shore. But basically, it's on the DNR's radar. Um, they haven't gotten enough of them in to test. They really don't think it's going to affect the population. But I mean, think about it. If you were out with your buddies and you caught a you know a bunch of walleye on the lake, which Bill did a couple weeks ago, and uh, you cut them open and you're like, man, you know, <laughs> oh no, I filled my bag limit with these things. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't realize I caught a salmon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, this this article goes into detail. <laughs> this article goes into detail. It's a hybrid fish. Um. <laughs> It goes into detail about how this sandy flesh disease uh, is showing up in perch and walleye, and they haven't got enough of it. It's not a huge enough thing for them to like really freak out about. They don't think it's going to affect the population. They think that it might result from like a pressure on the fish, or you know, the fish kind of like I don't know. The one guy in the article kind of makes it sound like they're stressed out, but I don't. You know, fish don't have a mortgage, so. Well, if it's in Lake Huron, I can only imagine what the Great Lakes could do with mercury and ships moving around. So who knows what what's been introduced in that area, you know? But yeah, so if you catch uh, a awkward sandy looking fish, uh, and I mean you fillet it and it looks you know sandy on the inside and kind of grainy, that that is probably what you're looking at. And it's you know don't eat it. For instance, remember last year we were laughing about avian flu. Look where that turned out to be. Yeah, you know? I know. That's why I kind of like covering these things kind of yeah. like at the at the ground level, you know. But it's just uh, – uh, also, they say uh, – I'll read this one verbatim, but the DNR 
states that sick, dead, or dying aquatic species can be reported online by calling the local fisheries management unit office. So that doesn't sound real big, but or at the main fisheries fisheries division office at 517-284-5830. Or like Cal says, fisheries. Fisheries. All right, moving on to Wisconsin. This is a quick one. I just thought, you know, this is the inner love of uh, muskie fishing that I'm moving to. But they've been doing a lot of, and we've known this for years. I was not surprised to see this article. But this is from OutdoorLife.com, Wisconsin DNR. DNR. It's very possible that a world record muskie is swimming in Green Bay. In fact, I'm pretty sure I know of a story of one swimming in Green Bay. And that is a couple years ago before the season opened. Guy was fishing for other stuff. It pulls in, huge muskie, measures it. He goes in the bait shack. Guy's like, you get anything? Ah, I only got this one real big muskie. How big was it? I measured it. It said 60, uh, 64 inches is what it said. Something like that, yeah. They said, you got how big? And he says, it was like 64 inches. It was pretty big. He says, dude, the world record 63. Yeah. He's like, oh, I didn't know. And it was out of season. wouldn't count it anyway. But he just threw it back. So I know of a thrown back one. And But they went into, I did not know the work that they were putting into Green Bay. I thought it was just a naturally occurring musky spot. They went and netted a bunch of fish. We caught 81 adult, fee, adult males and females up to 54 inches long. And But they take these and they grab all the eggs and the sperm and mix it all up and put it back out there. And so pretty much for the last several years, they have been growing a uh, musky destination, you know. And I thought it was just big water, you know. They say the habitat's perfect for muskies. they got great uh, eating size uh, bait fish in there. And, yeah, so pretty much they're saying that this is going to be the next spot. The next world record is going to be coming out of Green Bay. That would not surprise me one bit. Not at all. Not when, every year you hear somebody catching a 57, a 58. Yep. So who's to say that once, especially when an article gets out like this and everybody's out there fishing, who's to say a 60-something won't come through? Right. It? It's big one water. Guy, one guy didn't even know anything about muskie. He measured it, oh, 64 inches. And threw a, it's not like he's lying. Yeah. You know, so maybe that world record muskie in Green Bay is like he told himself, like, I'm not going to die until the Packers win the Super Bowl again. So this thing's going to get real big. Dan brought sitting here. That's why this came up. So <laughs> this, this is the year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this thing's going to get real, real big because it's uh, going to be around for a while. So. I'm just excited. I, in fact, my last Lund I bought was with the intentions of going to Green Bay. Remember that? Right. I almost upped the motor because a guy told me about how the 60 wouldn't make it up the big waves and all. We just never made it. It's, the biggest thing is it's one of those things you don't really know where you're going. And when you say Green Bay, it's not really Green Bay. It's more the mouth of the Fox River. Pretty much, yeah. Know? It's big water up there, too. It, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. All of a sudden, a little breeze shifts, and now it's coming out of the northeast, and you have tidal waves coming after you. Yeah. You know, it's a nice day, and you are in major white caps. So, so, do you know if there's any muskie in Lake Winnebago? It's a really super shallow lake. Small numbers. Yeah, the average depth in Lake Winnebago is seven feet. Yeah. You know? But, but if you a, look at it on the map, you're like, whoa. It's like 100,000 acres. Yeah, it's huge. Know? But so, uh, all those are. Winnicani, we were on that Lake Partridge, Partridge Lake, Lake Partridge, yeah. whatever. And that was five Four, feet deep everywhere. Yeah. And he's telling us how the water's high. You know? Oh, it's up this year. Yeah, it's, it's about five feet deep out there. That whole area right there, that whole Wolf River system, super shallow. Yeah, and if you want to get across it, you got to bring your paddleboard. No, you, know? you, you have no – there's no obstructions. You can in, – in three feet of water, you could do 100 miles an hour across, and you'll be fine. You're not wow. going to hit anything. Right, How many? Yep. We saw guys hauling ass out there across those shallow lakes. Which, I mean, it probably makes for, like, a good, like, uh, drinking opportunity because it's just a, probably a big sandbar, right? uh in, in spots it could be but we never even rode up the only thing i ever ran in trouble we were on uh butte de mort 
and I caught fishing line in the prop a few years ago. Remember that was yep. at the last Lund. Yeah, I we remember had to that. stop because the yeah we were reeling somebody's line up, which really made me mad because I just bought that boat when that happened. I remember that brand new sixty horse. You know, almost unbolted it and threw it in. I was so pissed off. Anyway, anyway, go ahead, Pat. What do you got for Indiana? So, speaking of uh, lakes, I'm or names, I'm definitely going to mispronounce. But a man was spotted falling off of a boat. Now I kind of like this story because uh, one reason. How often, when you have that red lanyard, do you actually attach it to yourself? Never. 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 I mean never when I say never. never. I never do. I My 25 doesn't even have one. But uh, this guy had the wherewithal to attach it to himself. And uh, anyway, he was in the... Oh, man, I'm going to really mess this up. It's uh, Mississinawa Lake. I think you did all right. Yeah? Yeah, it wasn't like, bad. I mean, M-I-S-S-I-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-S-
Ah, okay. so that's the base of it. I was about to say, I think your homemade barbecue sauce would consist of open pit and like ketchup. No, 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 no. So yeah, open pit, and then uh, I add a a few different spices to it that I'm not gonna say. Um, but what I kind of learned from from I'll say his name, Craig. What I kind of learned from him is you don't put like too much spice into it, and if you're gonna like doctor it up, you use black pepper. Instead of like cayenne pepper or like red pepper or something, because you'll get more spice out of the black pepper. Gotcha. So what you do is you add all these spices and you kind of bring it to a, um, a low boil, and then you just let it simmer and stir it occasionally um, for about twenty minutes or so. It turned out really good. I'll bring you. I forgot. To, I bought bottles and everything. I forgot to bring them over this time. I'm um, actually pretty intrigued by that. You actually took the uh, the big step to try and make your own barbecue sauce. I feel like that's pretty tough. But, but, I, but you start off with the base of open pit. You right? start off with a base of open pit. So you're basically not. It's not quite homemade, but you're doctoring up. Oh, right. Okay. That's well, what I was, was going to say. Pit. So you're just kind of like rearranging. Yeah, know. yeah. Because I I know you guys don't really care for open pit. I love open. I pit like. No, I like open pit. The only oh, yeah. my only complaint about open pit is it just runs real thin. Compared yeah. To, yeah, that's my thing. It's like uh, the fast food place we used to work at. Um, Shout out to Bud and Dukes, but uh, they used open pit, and this stuff was like water. Yeah, it was like water. It was good though. So this this thickens it up quite a bit, especially by boiling it. it I, it's it's pretty good. My favorite will always be Sweet Baby Ray's though. Yeah. I've yet to, I've yet to find barbecue sauce as good as Sweet Baby Ray's. Wait a minute, what kind of uh, Sweet Baby Ray's? <laughs> I, honestly, I have never had a bad one. Have you had a bad one? Yes. Which one? Which one's bad? The one with honey mustard in it or whatever. Yeah, oh, that the, one's good. I do oh, like honey. that one disgusting so like the hickory they have like a hickory or a mesquite or one of those you know what i'm talking about i don't it's like, like sweet a brown baby Ray's. how do you not like sweet baby Ray's? it's just it's i don't know it's i don't know i never cared for oh, it. i love it i love so it. when i That's first bought enough. the house uh i went out and i bought this cheap grill you know broke guy buying a house so i bought this cheap grill me and dan made these mondo burgers it was like the middle of march and the only barbecue sauce they had was sweet baby ray's honey and he's sitting there eating it and he's like this is just this is just bad. <laughs> and, That's disgusting. And I'm like, what? Like, what's wrong? You know, you know, it is a new grill. It's not seasoned. It probably tastes funny. He's like, no, the barbecue sauce is just bad. Oh, I, I don't. I don't mind that. Oh, it's I, I can honestly awful. say though, I've never had it with the burger, so it might not go. I, it's, you know, it is a very interesting flavor. I'm not saying it's like you know the best barbecue sauce ever, but if you want that sweet kind of honey kick like that's where see it's i don't want i don't want sweet in my barbecue sauce I'm i like agree a, i'm a kansas city barbecue guy yeah like, is that kc masterpiece what's that is that kc masterpiece is that or you're just saying it, that's a, and well in general like i spent a lot of time on kansas city for work so i've like hit like every good barbecue spot out there um like kansas city joe's okay you might be thinking of no there, remember there was the is the one i haven't seen it in forever it was you could buy it at jewel kc masterpiece oh, barbecue okay. sauce. yeah i'm not sure okay but i know like Kansas City barbecue sauce, a little spicier, a little thicker. Smokier. It's, it's not sweet, smokier. Yeah. yeah. I don't like the sweet barbecue sauces either. I think yeah. that's probably why I don't like sweet baby rays. Love it. You guys should try some Carolina barbecue sauce. Yeah. Real mustard I, based. I'm recently that's getting into yeah, more like smoky. I'm recently more getting into more smoky yeah. barbecue sauce. So like I like Stubbs, Hickory. Oh, that's I, good I, stuff. I love all that stuff too. I'm just saying sweet baby rays is my favorite. Yeah. You know? But, I've never had a bar- barbecue sauce like how you didn't like that. I've never had one like that. Uh, you know? and, like we grew up with Casey Masterpiece. So like, yeah. So my house is my household is really strict. You can only have one type of ketchup, one type of you know barbecue <laughs> sauce, and like so it was Casey Masterpiece for the longest time, and you just don't want to do it because you've had it so much. Yeah, now, right. now I'm trying to find it and I can't find it. You're right. I haven't seen it in the store in a while. I haven't seen it. I don't know if they're still in business because that was yeah. the major one when we were kids. That was the main one. You know. 
Anyway, so do you want any more with Bush Like Billy's? That's all I got for you this week. I'll let you know how the chickens turn out tomorrow. Yeah, I figured we'll do that next week. Yeah, you know. I'll do them next week. Real quick, I got one quick hack. If you use a uh, wood chip smoker, I know you use like a pellet. Pellet smoker, yeah. Yep. But uh, I was thinking, okay, like I go through wood chips like crazy, and they say you're supposed to soak them in water and stuff like that. But I found another way. They sell wood chunks. So if you take these wood chunks and you chop them up into smaller sizes, you get like five times the amount of chips really for the same price hmm. so it's just and i did that and that's what i smoked my batch with and it was it was really good i figured so. you just went to the park next door and like got some of the wood chips and a couple of handfuls throw them in there what is that is that me or you that's an ad that's coming from the tv we're just gonna close these out hmm. yeah sorry about that everybody um anyway so kelsey should be on this week we should have a kelsey's corner about houston and we're gonna take a quick break and discuss a few things we'll be right back all right welcome to kelsey's corner thank you very much for doing this after work yeah it was a busy day but it was well we forgot to do this yesterday yeah i did think about it and then we just didn't have time so what are you doing uh, so I figured I would talk about um, the bathroom remodel. Oh, you're going to do that? Yeah. Here I think? thought you were going to do a review. I told everybody you going to do a review on Houston. Oh, well, I liked Houston. I didn't know if your listeners would appreciate listening to like the part, like the trip hole, like it was about a nursing conference. I didn't really know I just figured people. you'd give a rundown of Houston and what you thought of it. And, I mean, know, I could do that and do the bathroom remodel yesterday or tomorrow or next week. I yeah, mean. Houston's still fresh on our brain. Do a quick All review right. of Houston. Um, So I went to Houston for a nursing conference, as I'm sure you told everybody. On No, I didn't say all that. We went to Houston. We went to Houston. So the conference was for critical care nursing. It's held every year. Um, they skipped last year because of COVID, but this year they held it in Houston. So it was from pretty much from 7 until 5.30. So I, was I just in. went for moral support. She had me go, so she had somebody to go to dinner with afterwards. Yeah, so. I mean, I could have made friends, but I made friends during the conference, and I like had lunch with people there, but I don't know. It was more so a conference. I didn't really need to make friends. So what were you going to say? I was going to say so, but what about the – what did you think of the city and all that? Um, the city, I like the weather, number one. I, I hated the weather. <laughs> so I'm just, I absolutely hated the weather. Um, so we went to Galveston, which is like the beach town of Texas right when we got there. Um, so it was like about an hour away from Houston. So I actually really liked Galveston cause I, it was okay. It was I liked okay. The beach town vibe. I thought that was really fun. I thought the beach looked dirty. Anybody that follows me on Instagram knows. I just don't see what's so magical about a beach. I just don't. You sit there now. You got sand in your feet. You got sand everywhere. You sit down and you look at the water coming in. And there's, no, I mean, what do you? There's no, there's nothing to do on a beach. Uh, I guess, but I think if you have kids, there's probably something different. There's sand castles, like swimming. I don't think I would go swimming in that water. Like we put our feet in. And I was like, all right, like, oh, I gotta wash my feet. Feet. But later. like, there's fish to catch. Like, what's the point of sitting on a beach? I think it's just not in your disposition. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind beaches. I I could probably like sit there. Maybe if the water was cleaner, I would be more open to like using that as a beach, but that water looked nasty. Like it, it would be cool if you can set up like a target and shoot your bow out there. Well, you know. anyway. All right. So I like Galveston. Houston to me was like, I don't know. It was clean, but it was just like. To me, it was a giant downtown Joliet. Yeah. It was nothing well, more special than. Maybe down- not Joliet, but like it was like a down part of downtown Chicago, but like it really wasn't very crowded. Like. 
I think the part that like Chicago's exciting is number one, there's food places everywhere. There's places had no like we had to walk and walk, walk. and walk yeah. and walk and walk and we never found like good food. Finally we did and it was expensive. It as was hell. so expensive. But like I love when you go to Chicago, it's like every hundred feet or so there's a different place to eat and you have so Big, many. Big, small, options. fancy, not fancy. Yeah. Like I think that's the range of food that we take advantage of in downtown Chicago is insane because you go to other cities and they don't have that. Like I've been to bigger cities before in Houston, like big city, one of the biggest ones in Texas. And like we were in a general area and it's like, okay, well, do you want to Uber here, here? Because you can't walk to us. The other thing too is she forgot some stuff and we needed to find uh, a Oh, CBS. I needed mascara. Like... Something silly. And so we asked the girl at the desk, hey, where's the nearest CVS? Oh, you won't be able to walk to it. You're going to have to get an Uber. I'm like, there's no place. I said, she forgot my skirt. There's got to be a place close by. And she's like, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're literally in the middle of downtown Houston, like at a nice hotel. And it's like, yeah, no, there's not one. You're going to have to Uber. It's like five miles away. It's like, what? Like, yeah, was, I don't know. I, was I couldn't just believe that. When you're walking around downtown, it just seems like there's something. Yeah, you know. And then so anyway, the one morning we were waiting in line at Starbucks at a Hilton. Yeah. And I was like, I saw this really fancy gift shop, so I walked in there. I said, "You guys got mascara?" And she goes, "Yeah, over here." So count on Hilton to you know have a shop. We should have stayed there, but um, but yeah, I wasn't really impressed by the city. I mean, it was fine. Like the buildings were pretty, but at the same time, it wasn't like. I'd stay there again, mostly because of how small it seemed to me. And it just was like, there's really no people around. Like, I just felt like Chicago is more exciting because there's more people. It's all, it seems like there's a lot more going on. There's a, it, you can't drive through downtown Chicago without a festival, whether yeah. you're interested in it or not. There's something in the street going yeah, on. Yeah, and it just seemed like a lively city to me. Houston felt like it was just kind of like dying, I guess. It was just There was no, like, the nobody. other thing, I don't know if it's just growing up on the shores of Lake Michigan, but like... You go downtown, I expect to see a lake, a river, both, something. Yeah, I think that's this what was just, used to. This was just land, you know? Yeah. But I, I mean, there was no, like, river walk. There was no, like, no. lakefront walk. There's, it's just, like, it's landlocked, and, we got, yep, we got some tall buildings. If you walk far enough, you get to a restaurant. We went, I want to tell the Papacitos. So yeah. anybody that knows Papa Do's, we have one in the Chicago area, but otherwise down south, it's real fancy seafood. Well, they have, like, a sister restaurant called Papacitos. Guy says, ah, it's great Tex-Mex, you know? And I'm like... Perfect. Yeah. Tax we walked, is cheap. We walked in there, got a couple enchiladas. Uh, I had a Michelob. You ordered a martini. What is Margar- that thing called? Margarita. Margarita, which is god awful. <laughs> and uh, she sent a Snapchat video out of that. And uh, $94. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it was good. But like, would I have spent $94 had I known that would be the price? Not in a million years. We, we went to Gibson's at one time with a group of people. I don't think it cost us $94 no. to go to Gibson's. And that's the thing that like, I think it really bothered me just because I'm so used to going downtown. Like I'd go with Lisa and we'd be like, we have 30 different restaurants to choose within a walking, a very short walking distance. And just growing up in Chicago, like, I don't know when I went to Loyola, it's like you have ample spots to eat that are affordable or you can go do super fancy and it's like why don't they have that like it just boggled my mind yeah up there i remember my favorite place in your old neck of the woods up there was maxwell street remember the maxwell yeah. street that that was uh oh love yeah. it so there was nothing like that in houston no was- everything like around us just felt like okay if you're not like here you pretty much work and go home like i just don't know what people do like i feel like downtown people work and they like hang out like people come to the city to like people hang exist out. people exist in the city yeah they live in the city they they live they work but it's like an active vibrant city houston was like okay come four o'clock 
there's nobody there. Like everything's gone and yeah, they once just go the, home to eat somewhere. Once the workday was over, that was a ghost town. Yeah, it was... It just was. It just rubbed me the wrong way. It was strange. I like the weather. No, I see. I wanted to touch back on the weather. So the reason why I hated the weather, I absolutely hated the weather, is it was ninety-eight degrees the entire time with a hundred percent humidity, relentless heat. Yeah, the sun was. Oh my gosh, I got sunburned just from walking on the beach for what we walked for like a half hour. I felt like I walked. I had a walk. I timed it the one time. It was a twelve-minute walk. I left the hotel. I walked to her place. It was twelve minutes. And in that time, I sweat through a t-shirt, my pants, all that stuff. I it think, was just so hot. I think just because I was in a conference all day and they keep the conference like absolutely freezing. Well, I got to keep the meat fresh. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> but they keep the conference all so cold that anytime I was outside, I'm like half numb from being cold all day long. And I'm sitting and doing like, you know, just listening to seminars and stuff. So it was like really nice to get out in the heat because I've been cold all day. So... And the hotel wasn't like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm used to like... Yeah, we went to this place, it's called Club Quarters, and if you Google that, you'll be like, wow. Super swanky, it's got like a Peloton in the workout room, but that's literally like the only good thing it the room, like So it. It, it, you walk into your normal hotel room, everybody's been there, there's the, you know, a, a queen, a queen, you know, a dresser, a TV, the bathroom on the one end. This was that cut in half. The yeah. room ended at the beginning of the of the first queen yeah. bed. That's where the room ended. I don't think I ended. could do a cartwheel in that space. Like it was incredibly small. The bathroom was like you could literally like take a shower and go to the bathroom at the same time. It was just so incredibly tiny. As my dad would say, you'd have to step outside of the shower to turn around. Yeah, it was so <laughs> small and I was just like I don't know. I was just rubbed the wrong way cuz I'm like this is supposed to be like a swanky Houston hotel and Heaven forbid you need an extra pillow because they gave us two flat pillows for a queen, which I don't know. I think maybe it's just because all the hotels we stayed at are like, they give you four pillows. Like I thought that that was Yeah, they gave us two. And the first night we asked for another one. Twice. Twice. And it never showed. And finally the next day we're like, can we please have that other one? And then all of a sudden it was, they ran it up there. But it took three times asking to get an extra pillow. Anyway, we're not reviewing the hotel. (laughs) We, we had a lot of complaints about that We hotel. did have a lot of complaints, So If you need a place to stay, let us know. Don't stay there. Yeah, there wasn't that much to choose from either. Yeah. So. Well, I didn't want... The Hilton was double the price, but man, I probably would have got a pillow a lot faster. And they had a pool shaped like Texas, but... So all in all, I think we could wrap it up by saying that Houston is hot, it's humid, and there's not much to do. Yeah, I don't think I... If I didn't... If I, it's like a destination, like, oh, where do you want to go? You want to go to a city in Texas? And I would not pick Houston. Was, oh, no, no. It's really funny. So I had a patient family member that was from Austin today. And I was telling him about Houston. And he grew up in Chicago. He's like, yeah, I had to set my expectations lower after going there and being disappointed because of I grew up in Chicago, too. Like, I'm used to this city. He's like, Texas is just a different thing. Like, he's like, cities are just different. So I was like, why do you live there? But for work and weather, so. But yeah, anyway, I don't let's think wrap I'd this. Back. Let's wrap this. So that, that's your final saying. Yeah, unless like there was a conference or something, I'm not going to go back to vacation there. I would not say it again. I agree. So that's my Kelsey's corner, and I'll do the bathroom next weekend because it's on my Instagram, and a lot of people can't believe I did it with just paint. So yeah, it does look nice. I will. Uh, I will give you that. Yeah. Um, the one thing I don't know if you want to go into it also, but uh, we did end up going to the Mayo Clinic. 
Oh, I didn't know if you wanted me to bring it up. I didn't. I haven't <laughs> said that's the first that this has been on this podcast is oh. the Mayo Clinic. So I don't know if you wanted to do something on that too. But um, we just got no, not right now. Oh, not yeah, right now. Okay. I'm just kind of leaving it. If if I hear from anybody what happened at the Mayo, that if they're curious about the Mayo Clinic, then we'll go into it. Okay. But the, there's a lot of medical words that they had to use that I don't know. Yeah. Don't worry, I knew them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you just joined me for a you know. Yeah, because that's a Midwest technically. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just not, it's not whistle mission, but it's Rochester, Minnesota. Close enough. It's about, it was about how many, what? 50 miles over. Oh my God. It was far, but. No, 50 miles outside of whistle mission. Oh yeah. So. It counts. But anyway, so maybe, maybe in the future you could do, cause you liked it. I did like it. Yeah. That one part that we drove through, I would go back and see more of that. Sorry. We have two dogs wrestling right now. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Joys of dog sitting. Don't let us dog sit your dogs. Um, we don't enjoy it. The biggest thing, the only reason I was thinking about bringing up the Mayo Clinic is because someone brought it up to me and now look, it changed everything. So it it changed my life for good, you know, that's true. So I don't know if you want to do something on that. Yeah, I can do that next. Well, no, I mean, just on the list in the future, in the future. We'll do. And uh, it's not like we're going to have any shortage of going there from what, what it sounds like. Yeah, I was like. going to so, say, we'll be back in August. So. Well, yeah, we could do this whenever we want. That's but. true. Anyway, so anyway. And you, uh, you just got home from work, so I'll let you go shower. Perfect. Thanks. Yeah, I need it. Thank, yes, you do. I can smell you from the other side of the table. Mm, I, I'll <laughs> tell you what happened, and you might be like, oh, yeah, go shower. Uh, not here. Uh, not no. Here. All right. So, all right. Thanks, Cal. <laughs> Bye. We were just talking, and I, I, Bill's got to tell you something. We just had an, an amazing thing that we did not realize until this moment happened. Yeah, I just realized it just now. I didn't hurt myself on that last fishing trip. That Bill we unhooked on. at least 10 fish, and we didn't have to take them to the hospital. I didn't, we didn't have to. I didn't bleed once, I don't think. So anyway, moving on, uh, I wanted to hear about your bow. I never heard the end of this story. Uh, so you blew it. So yeah, start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. Yeah, as um, I'm sure many people know, I got a Matthews V3X, 33 inches, yeah, awesome we you, bow. We had you on here talking about it the one time. Yep. Um, was able to get it, brought it to the archery um, range um, here in Joliet with these guys. Uh, had an awesome day shooting. The thing is just incredibly accurate. Yeah, I you mean, put a lot of arrows through it that day. Yeah, I mean, compared to what I had with um, the diamond, not to say the diamond was a bad bow, but it was a good starter. I mean, this thing is just just dead center. It's awesome. So that's in the day, I'm like, uh, maybe we should see how much what the poundage is on this thing, just out of curiosity um, at the archery range. Yeah, hey, you one. guys are kind of curious because you were shooting and you want to see if the string stretched and see if you lost any power, right? I mean, yeah. Okay. It just get like a base, just understand where, yeah, what the poundage is at. So we brought it in at the archery shop. There's one poundage reader just hanging from a hook on the ceiling. You can, you know, attach your bow to it um, and just bolt straight down. Gives you reading. Never had an issue with my previous bow, but. With the Matthews, as I was pulling down, I was pulling down at a slight angle, and the cams are a little sharper um, on this bow compared to my other, and when the string, when I'm pulling down at an angle, the string was scraping against the side of the cam, um, and when I almost got to full draw, um, the thing snapped and blew up on me. Jeez. So the cam actually cut the string. Yeah, the cam cut the string for sure. Or it cut enough strands where the, the rest of the string couldn't handle it and poof. Yeah, so wow. blew up the string, blew up uh, the yokes. Um, luckily, um, no damage to the bow. Lucky. I mean, No but, damage to you. Yeah, no damage no. to me too. But guys, I cannot tell you, waiting like two or three weeks to get that bow because the shop I bought it from was pretty slow in getting it all set up. Paying for it, having to wait like two or three weeks to get it and shoot it, and you finally get it, 
and you're shooting it and everything's great. And the first day you have it, it just blows up on you. I, I mean, it was like the soul was sucked from me. You right. handled it quite well. I, for, I felt for the bad situation, for you. I felt so bad for I, you, but you handled it quite well. I think it's just because like every piece of energy was just taken from me from just sadness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he was telling me, he was like, man, I think I'm going to not do this bow stuff anymore. I was, I was ready to just walk away, man. I mean, obviously I didn't, obviously. Yeah, I wouldn't, but you, like just at that moment, you're just like, just. You want to throw it, you know. Incredible. I didn't even have the energy to throw it. it just, I was so disappointed. But I want to, so with the warranty, because that was obviously fresh under warranty. So you went back to the original shop and they didn't do it, right? No, I, I tried calling them. They took them like three or four days to get back to me. I, I took it to a different archery shop before they even called me back. I'm like, I've just, I, it shouldn't take that long um, to get back to me for something like this after I, the amount of money I spent there. Um, and these, I mean, these guys don't know exactly what happened. I, I, I there was no warrant. It was my fault. You know, it was the way I was pulling it down. Um, I don't think it was a functional issue. Um, so I just brought it to another shop and they had it for almost three weeks because they were waiting on parts for forever. Um, so when did you get it back? How long ago did you get it back? Probably had it for like two weeks now. Okay, I, so I, just... I got it like the three days before yeah. the turkey trip. So I, I mean, have you shot it yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Still sounds, sounds like it was, like just the first one, yeah. You know, they did a great, great job over there. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm guessing you don't want to give out any archery shop names or nothing, right? Yeah, no, I don't want to. I don't want to give out any names. Because um, um, that when that went down, I just remember you called and nobody answered. No, I didn't know like how they actually went through and fixed. You know, so yeah. nothing was covered under warranty. It was my fault. I pulled the cam string down. Like even the the new shot I brought it to, and he was like, "Yeah, people have done that before." It, it, it wasn't the first time you started something like that happening. So, so I started like after this incident, I started looking into how we could do this safely because we had the issue once with yours. We were just holding it wrong. Yeah. So I was actually holding the body of it. Like you got to hold the actual stem of it. And I was holding the body and it was like firing an arrow right in my hand. Mm-hmm. But the, the body is like ergonomically shaped for your hand. So you would make that just, you would make that choice and it did work. You know what I mean? So first split second for a split second. But I mean, uh, and I was doing that with the recurves cause that's the best way to like actually check your draw length. Cause you know, you know, I mean, do it without knowing your exact draw length, that kind of thing. But the best way to do it is in a, um, what do they call those things? Like a draw scale or, uh, it's, it's where you can actually full draw your bow without holding your bow. That's the best way to do it because it centers the grip, so therefore it centers the cams. Oh, you mean like it's a stand? It's almost like a bow press. Yeah, yeah. It's like the opposite of a bow press. So you just crank it. It's like a trailer, like hitch, like and you hmm. you pull it. But uh, if you just put your bow scale in that, like as the first link, that then that's probably the safest way to do it without blowing your bow up. So. Yep, I think it's just safe to say it shoots around seventy to sixty-five, and we're gonna leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Good enough. It shoots I'm in the middle. It shoots right down the middle, about as fast as I needed to, and I don't need to find out any other thing about it. And that yeah, got look. me thinking because I've done that before. When I think, I think I was with you, where we actually undrew it from checking the weight, and it came up like it started coming off the string. Yeah, I was with one you of us. For was, that. Yeah. yeah, one of us was just like whoa, 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 and then you pull it back down, and then you center it back up again. But it's so easy to take your hands and go down like this yeah, because that's the most powerful part instead of like actually going straight down. I don't need to do it. I blew one up. I learned my lesson. I, I don't need to touch that. Well, you blew up the scale, not not. Your I bow. blew up the scale. Good enough for me. I don't. Yeah, but it, you know, it hit his wrist real hard. Like yeah. you know. Yeah, my 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 hand went numb for I don't know what would you say. I couldn't really use it for a few yeah. minutes. You know, it was like this. 
Yeah. It hit it right in here and it just was like, yeah, you it, know. And when I noticed my arrows are not, are low and, you know, I've sent, you know, a couple thousand arrows through the bow, then it's time for a new string. Not, I'm never pulling back on one of those ever again. I'm with you. No, I, 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 I'm I scared to I'll death of it. I, I had Pat, when Pat was curious, I had him do mine. I wouldn't touch it. Yeah. I'm unless, not doing this again. Unless I bring it to a, like a professional shop, you're like, guys, can you just. You tell me the poundage because yeah. I am not. Pulling. Yeah, you do this, and I'll stand over here and yeah. watch. You know. So, but the the tool that I'm talking about, you do that to set your stops, so you get a, a very consistent back wall where you're hitting both of the stops on both your cams at the same time. So, if you do it with that, there's no way to mess it up. But this, so let's talk uh, about this. Led us into a conversation. So we were talking about doing like a close calls type thing. Yeah, because this exactly. could have been this could have ended up that could have been an eye that could have been yeah. broken bones that could have so we were gonna do uh the, and then the, the other thing that brought it up is because Bill just said how he made it through an entire fishing trip without bleeding all over the boat <laughs> and uh so we're gonna do like a close calls thing right we're gonna think of some stuff yeah yeah I think so and you guys as the listeners send us in if you want us to talk about a close call that you had right um I know Brad's gonna have something Brad I know you're listening and I know you're gonna have something for me so get to me but we've week. we've got plenty we've got boat related stuff boat related stuff tree climbing stuff all that stuff so it's yeah. There's, there's lots of cover in that. The one thing, uh, did you have anything you wanted to say last week about the bugs, about the biting insects, anything? You like, I was, Did you hear the part where I said Bill's going to be is a nerdy bug guy? Yeah. Let me finish. Uh, I, I've got like 15 minutes left of the podcast. Let me finish it before I voice an opinion. There's nothing you want to say about biting insects? Nothing? No? Nothing? No, they're, they're nasty. I know we gross Dan out. He's yeah, just Dan, 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 Dan doesn't want to talk about uh, ticks. Get the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> I am one of those people where my day would totally are, be ruined in the woods. Just are you sweating? About, uh, ticks running up my ass. <laughs> but on, on, the, on the turkey trip, you had quite the nuisance with ticks. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a truck, too, so all my gear is in my car. Like I have a Honda Civic Coupe because I live in the city, and... Two ticks crawling on me on the highway. Oh man! Yeah, they're crawling out of your bag. Yeah, like <laughs> up your leg. The worst part is not actually being out there and worry about them because you know, like I wear like tall socks. I wear like um, a tight like Under Armour shirt. You know, just keep them off my skin. The worst part about it is afterwards and worrying about them being in your clothes, bringing them home. Like I left all my gear out on like our balcony for like the week, and I got home and our washer wasn't working, so I couldn't wash my clothes. So everything was like sitting on our balcony. But to me, that's the worst part is like afterwards and knowing that pretty good chance there's a few ticks in my clothes. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. But I really think that trick with, I mean, like you said, you don't have a truck, obviously, but you take your hunting clothes and all of the, you know, even before you go to bed in your tent at night, if you're, just, you know, tent camping, is you toss them in the bed of the truck. Because the majority of the ticks that I've seen have been inside my truck. And that's for me taking off my clothes and putting them inside my truck. Yeah. And everyone may complain about the cold, but the cold's a beautiful thing. When, I, I agree. Yep. When uh, the frost, that first frost comes over and you're out there deer hunting, one last thing to worry about. Yeah, right. It is. And not just that, but then the leaves start dying. You can start seeing. Like, remember when we first went out to uh, the one spot I don't want to talk about hunting, the very first spot we went to? Mm-hmm. Remember the difference between that and October 1st and when we went there at Christmas time? Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> well, way more I mean, navigable. And remember was, me and you were out there and I was saying it looks like an Irish spring commercial. Yeah. With all the green. <laughs> all like the it, green. It was like real moist and wet. Yeah. And, you know. Moist. And, yeah. I, I'm with you. I, the cold, there's just, other than like cold hands and feet, there's not too much of an advantage of hot weather. Yeah. Like we just get over that heat wave and I'm at work just like not handling this very well. I don't know what it is. I'm just not handling it very well. Yeah. I get well. like the, every spring, first hot stretch, I get like these little breakouts, these little prickles yeah. on my arm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I wear a nylon belt, one of those like infinitely adjustable belts. And 
At the end of the day, I'll go to take my jeans off and my belt is soaked in sweat. Like the belt is wet. Yep. Not just the side of the belt, like the entire thing is soaked in sweat. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just not built for this, you know. You work that hard, huh? No. That's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) So when I'm complaining about how cold it is on this tree stand, I'm going to have a little reminder, like, there's no ticks There's no ticks. No mosquitoes. Well, remember when we opened up that deer? Oh, my God. I've never seen so mosquitoes. I've been to Alaska, and I've never seen mosquitoes like that in my life. That was insane. That was... We draw them all in, drew them all in from all over the. I was swatting them off of him. He's reaching down, working on this thing. I'm swatting them off of him. He finally put his big jacket back on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and we didn't even think about ticks. You know, we were right there. We didn't think about ticks at yeah, all. That it's just funny working out on the road. You'd walk through big grassy fields, and I never once thought about ticks. Yeah. Ever. And I'm not you nearly, know? when I'm at work doing this stuff, I'm not nearly as equipped as I am when I'm hunting or fishing. But it's funny, like, we had a cottage growing up, and we were running around the woods every single summer out there as kids, like, and I never can recall having a tick or having one pulled off of us. And this is just outside Janesville, Wisconsin. Maybe I'm more worried about it now with, like, understanding what Lyme disease is, but... I don't know. We went to Ely, Minnesota, and I had one in me. My dad burned it out with a cigarette. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that. I remember dad, uh, you, he was like, was it on your leg or something? Yeah, and I was screaming. I did not want to be burned by a cigarette, and, but it jumped you know, out. Oh, the tick, like, so he didn't, like, did it burn the head off? or did it, He like, was coming the- close to it, and it felt the heat and got out. Really? Yeah, yeah. head and all. That's the, that's the whole trick behind the cigarette thing is it, it comes out head and all. Yeah, yeah so if you don't I know- that, you use a match head. Because they say... Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, sorry to be interrupt you because they say like be very careful because they don't want the the head to be left in there, right? Especially with a deer tick. Yep. Um, and we, it, you know those tick picks that we have? Yeah, I was gonna say they also have. What do they call it? They're not. Is it called a pick? I think the, it's called a tick pick because it kind of looks like. A you pick. know what he's talking about? Yeah, I actually have a few in my. Or I keep coin, in my honey. Maybe my I keep them pack. all over the place, but those, yeah, those are meant to start in the fat and squeeze them, and as it tapers down, it pops the head out too. Yeah. So I keep one of those around, uh, especially with the dogs. Cal's used them on the dogs and stuff, as long as it's not like in too furry of a spot. When you said that, I thought you had like, oh, we got those tick pics, pictures of ticks. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they also make this uh, kit that they were handing out at work. And uh, I was, I I forget what I was doing. Maybe I was sending like a vehicle to auction or something like that. And I found an actual like tick kit. Tick kit. Uh, it had tweezers in there, like a gel, and you know all sorts of stuff. Just what a nasty little critter, though. Uh, huh? It's just God, man. What what they can cause, man. I, it's just was, what they do. They they get in. They get like they like your armpits, your crotch, and like yeah. they like spots like that. It's not like you're gonna get them on the back of your hand where it's like, oh, I can get this out. Yeah, it's like you're gonna get them in your neck. And shit like that. It's not like it, they go into those weird spots, you know? Well, after yeah. your trip home, I had the heebie-jeebies like really, really bad. And I was at work taking off my shirt. And I never do that, you know? Like I had yeah. my buddy checking me out. And it's just like, dude, you, know, uh, you just don't know about your back. You know, you just don't know about your back. You should have seen the layer of DEET I had on my skin. After <laughs> <laughs> I pulled over on the highway. Because I had shorts and a t-shirt. And it was like 90 degrees that day. I'm like, just, you could just, my skin was just glossing with this <laughs> stuff. Because I'm like... Still an hour from home, and I'm like, man, I, this this sucks. You know, I, you know, one thing to change the subject real quick. I do, I want to hear your version of the turkey hunt. Pat says you're getting a little uh, distraught with it. I enjoyed I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was a good time. Um, it's just tough, man. Um, we're so still so new to it. Um, the timing's so hard. Um, like you don't even really get to pick the week that you hunt. Yeah, not anywhere either, except for it's, except for the UP. 
and guys who are just like so inexperienced like us, it's kind of just like a, a coin toss. Like if we're going to even, cause you know, like the weather depends on when they start strutting and oh, you it's know, very like weather dependent deer hunting, you know, you got three months to kind of figure this out and get out there and be in a tree and, and take something home. But I mean, I'm not saying I'm never going to do it again, but I, I know I will, but like last year we were out there way too early. This year we were out there a little, probably way too late. Yeah, for, as to what they were saying, because we were third season. But late compared were, to what? It's late, not on the calendar. It's late by when the warm temperatures show up. It's right? it's wait. It's late by when they start strutting. I know, so, but strutting is temperature related and yeah, stuff like yeah. yeah. So I mean, you you could be you could have been late this year and use the same week next year and be a week early. Yeah. So I mean, what this year we or were right on time. This year we were what fifty five degrees to sixty five like the whole time, which is yeah. like ideal. You would think that would be like ideal, and then. But if we hit them late, we hit them. Yeah. Yeah, but if you hit them late, it doesn't matter what temp it is. But then in Michigan last year, it was twenty degrees at night and nothing was moving. Yeah, it's just like Jim said on. I was listening to your the previous podcast on the way here. Like, we don't know the area. Like, it's so a- it's so hard when you don't know. Um, like when we were deer hunting, I ran into some turkeys, you know? And so if you told me you had, I'd be like, dude, I know where I saw them. I got a pretty good idea. I could bring you there. I've been there before. I know the woods, mm -hmm. but you guys are literally driving to a place you've never been to hunt a bird. You just got into hunting and you have a limited window to do it. And it's just hard. It's tough. It's something that I'm going to figure out. That is my personal. I can see you figuring it out. I just think most of the time you see somebody successful turkey hunting, they've been to that spot. They know that area. They've hunted it before. They've hunted other animals on it, you know, and uh, squirrel hunting even. Even if you squirrel hunted the area first just to learn where the turkeys were, you know, stuff like that. Well, this spot, yeah. I mean, the one good thing like you were talking about that came out of this trip is it, it's going to be a awesome, awesome whitetail spot. Yeah, we have, have to go to this spot. I mean, the amount of whitetail running around right at six six o'clock <laughs> just driving back to camp like we're still gonna do a camp out for the rut or what are we still yeah gonna... yeah so i have the weekend that i have like three days of pto me too um, so yeah, i'm good too. it does i don't i don't care where we go whether it's down south or back up north yeah we'll figure that out the, i guess as it gets closer the details on that is that you're gonna get bigger bucks down south and you're gonna get more numbers up north I'm fine with numbers. You know, I understand a trophy. I'm not a trophy hunter though. Like I'll have no problem filling my tag with two does. And the other thing too, 100%. during that weekend, you could even go buy a bonus tag if you really wanted to hit two. Yeah. Like, buy a bonus. like with the tags we got, if I like the situation where you shot that one and then you're like, sneak over here, you know, mm -hmm. like I would have put, I would have stuck that one in the ground too. You yeah. know, why not? Yeah. Bing, they were, bing. you can go get more doe tags. I mean, I get you that you kick the buck tag, you lose your buck tag, you yeah. know, but Yeah. That's two, that's two giant pieces of food there. Billy can start firing up the smoker. There we go. Yeah. And apparently around the county land, around the area there, we could um, set up camp so we don't have to like camp at a like a yeah. formal campsite because I guess it gets booked up pretty quickly in the fall out there. Okay. That one I called too, she said the same thing. She says, make sure you get it in. So I guess we, we probably shouldn't hammer this down and get it because we're, we're going to camp for what, two, three, four nights, you know? Yeah. Maybe even more. Yeah. Maybe four nights, four nights, five days. Yeah. Bill's going to come. He's going to get a bow. He's going to kill Bambi with us. No? Nah, probably not. No. I'll, uh, I'll sit in the tent and hang <laughs> out. So uh, Brad just texted me, by the way, and he says he needs to get more wood. I thought I'd show you that. That's I always forget that's the kind of smoking he does. Wow, yeah. That's, that's kind of like what you do too, Brad, isn't it? You got to get chunks of wood? So he probably actually uses the heat from the fire to smoke his meat, whereas mine is a propane that smokes a wood chip set. And it also uses the heat from the chips to cook the meat. Oh, okay. So yeah. you, it's a perfect balance between like your propane heat and um, 
the heat that the actual burning wood is giving off. So if, if you're just baking in there with no wood, uh, like let's say it'll start out at 200 with just propane, and then you put wood chips in, it'll get up to like 240. Yeah. So. Anyway, Bill, you haven't said much. You got anything for us? No, I'm good. I'm <laughs> content. <laughs> I'm content. I thought you were going to chip in with the bug thing. That's why I wanted you here today. I thought you were going to say a bunch more about bugs. Yeah, let me let me form a proper opinion. Let me finish last week's episode. Yeah, because I was uh, listening to it last night and it got kind of late, and I was like, oh, I got to get up at four in the morning. Because I said Bill's the nerdy bug in outer space guy. Yes, you know? I did hear that part. So, oh, I did say that in time yeah. for you to hear that. Okay. Yeah, so that's why I wanted. I wanted to hear. I figured you were gonna like tear me all apart. Like, no, 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 no. We got to redo all this. You got this all wrong. Yeah, that's what me, I was expecting. Let me you know. Let me get my uh, facts straight. <laughs> Is that it? Is that all we're gonna talk about? Yeah, I think and next you, week's you, you said we had a gap in the in the episode last week. So we yeah, there was some, about that. Yeah, there was some bad editing there. Um, I must have I must have controlled Z something because like yeah, there was a long gap where you and me were like figuring something out on the computer or something. Oh. And I'm listening to it. I'm in Houston. I think I was in Houston. And I was like, I was proof listening, you know, and I'm like, I thought my phone stopped, you know, I'm like, look, I'm like, no, it's still going. And then I told you to hold on a second or something I'm like, shit, I was supposed to get rid of that. But yeah, so that was just some bad editing, you know, every now and then it happens. So whatever. But, uh, but no, yeah. Um, if you can hear this podcast, that means you can be on it. Send us you your mean, close calls. Yeah. Send yeah. us your close calls. Uh, if you could see Jim's boat, you could be on that too. <laughs> um, email us at whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com. You guys are going to the archery range? Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Maybe I might join you here in a second. Let me see what's going on here. So, all right. I guess that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Thanks for everyone. showing up, yeah. guys. I appreciate it.